0: All-wall sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. I know you've heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the Pro Access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source in pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions.
1: The following program is a podcast1.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, starring Chris Jericho.
0: Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the part of the now, and rock and roll. The spell you run down. We'll be broken by Chris Jericho! It's episode 62 of Talk is Jericho. The People's Podcast has arrived. It's the remedy for boredom. Let's go for a ride! ga ga now 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 down out, dun dun down out, now 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 now, and then dun dun down out, to down out, to down out, now 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 now, to to down out, to to down out, to to down out, now 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 now. Yeah, I could have kept that going all day long. The Zoo from the Scorpions, uh, still reflecting back on the Matthias Jabs interview I did uh, a couple shows ago. If you have not heard it, it's amazing. Uh, and the Scorpions are great because they always had Klaus Meine. The uh, vocalist would always stand on stage and randomly hit a cowbell. Even in songs where there were no cowbells. So there you go. A little bit of Scorpions' history for you. Uh, a little bit more history for you. How you doing, Jerichoholics? Today uh, is, is is a great day. It's a great day because we've got on the show Goldust and Stardust, two of the most mysterious characters in the WWE right now. Goldust, one of the most controversial characters in WWE history, and are also brothers, Dustin and Cody Rhodes. Before we talk to them, we got lots of great. stories stories. Uh, I got to tell you, if you're digging this podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review it on iTunes. If you subscribe, then you'll never miss an episode. That's a good deal. And hey, let me give you a couple shout-outs to some of you who took the time to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment on iTunes. J. Trendy and I love this name, Cliffamall976, both gave Talk is Jericho a five-star rating. Thank you so much. Thanks for telling your friends. Tell your friends about us. I love doing this for you guys. Uh, it's, it's become a real Real cool um, kind of weekly thing for me to do. Uh, but let me tell you, though, it's funny. A lot of people say, well, Chris, tell us about uh, what's the, the average day in the life of, of Chris Jericho. Well, I'm not going to just do an average day. I'm going to do the last uh, couple days for you just so you get an idea just how nutty my schedule can be sometimes. Um, so I got home. From, what did I do? Last week I did, uh, Raw and SmackDown. I got home at a couple days off. Then Saturday morning, Uh, My flight was at 6 a.m., so I got up at 3 a.m. to fly to Syracuse for K-Rockathon, a big radio festival there that Fozzie killed it at. We had some sound issues, so uh, sound-wise, it wasn't the best show, but energy and reaction-wise, it was off the Chizane. I vetted it, which is what I call it whenever there's a scaffold. I always climb it uh, because it's fun and because people always get a kick out of it, and uh, I never ask for permission. Always easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. They always say, you shouldn't have climbed that scaffold. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I should have asked. Uh, Promoters, uh, radio show festivals, if you see Fozzie on the bill and you have a scaffold, know that I'm going to be climbing it. It's just what I do, man. It's how it's how I am. So then um, we did the festival, did a meet and greet, did a a signing. I was super tired and I was actually in bed sleeping by 915 p.m. That's the earliest I think I've ever gone to sleep. I think when I was 10, I still went to bed at 9.30 uh, or 10 o'clock or something along those lines. Then, the reason why I went to bed so early is because I knew I had to get up at 3.30 again to catch another 6 in the morning flight to fly to San Antonio. Arrived in San Antonio about noon, went over and did a in-store for, for Fozzie. Do you want to start a war? A signing, uh, which had been going great. You can uh, check out all my in-stores Over the next few months. um, I can actually even pull it up for you. So you don't have to even check it out. Here's some in-store information. Uh, Portland. Next uh, August 11th. At Music Millennium. Uh, I'm also in Las Vegas. At Zia Records. On August 18th. Then I am in uh, Des Moines. On September 1st. At the. uh, FYE Jordan Creek Town Center. Baltimore on October 2nd, Soundgarden, Knoxville October 3rd, Disc Exchange, Disc, say that three times fast, Disc Exchange, Disc Exchange, Disc Exchange, then October 10th, Rochester at the Record Archive. Uh, Archive. It's great to uh, do these in stores, having you come on down and say hi. Uh, after my in store, I went to the venue, I wrestled my match against Bray Wyatt, and then I did a podcast with an upcoming guest, which was great, kind of upstairs in the arena. And some people still don't know what podcasts are. They're a little bit um confused when I ask, a little bit concerned that I'm going to ask like tell us the dirt. Of course, you know my podcast, we just have a good time. And I haven't done a podcast yet where after I was done, someone didn't go, wow, that was a great time. That was really, really cool. I'm really excited that I did it, and et cetera, et cetera. So then I drove, uh, no, I stayed in in, uh, in San Antonio. Then in the morning, got up, drove to Austin, had interviews from 11 to 12 a.m. Then went to do an uh, in-studio radio interview in Austin. Then went to another in-store. Then went to the venue where the WWE Raw was, did a Reddit uh, question and answer. Then put together uh, my match. Then did... Uh, interviews for the network and did uh, promotional reads. Did my match, did an interview afterwards for SmackDown. Now I'm in a hotel room in Austin. Tomorrow we fly to Los Angeles. Uh, we get in at 1 o'clock. We have a 10 hour layover. Until we leave to go to Australia, we fly in Australia. We arrive that morning at seven thirty a.m. and then later on that night we wrestle. Next day, fly to Sydney. Uh, next day, fly to Perth, which is a five-hour flight. Do the show in Perth. Next morning, get up at five. Uh, no, get up at three again. We have a five thirty flight to fly five hours back to Perth, and then fourteen hours back to Los Angeles, and then another three and a half hours to Portland. So you get to see kind of uh, the real world behind being a WWE superstar. lot of traveling and it's worth it you know I'm excited to to go to uh, uh, Melbourne and Sydney and Perth I haven't wrestled in Australia for almost 10 years as crazy as that sounds I've been uh, to Australia with Fozzie I think four times since the last time I actually wrestled there so I am excited to go uh, back to Foz Australia Uh, Australia is Jericho but you know even tonight I mean um Finished the match, got out of the venue, finished all my work, probably about 10.30, quarter, 11. Looked for a place to eat, couldn't find anything, so then came into my room, and now I'm just kind of sitting in my room. Um, I left my phone cord at the building, so I've got 61% charge on my phone, and I'm having a a bottle of water that I got for free because I'm a Diamond member, thanks to the Hilton, (laughs) and I'm eating a Quest bar. You guys like protein bars? This isn't even an ad. Quest Bars is uh, my favorite right now. Um, Seven net carbs. uh, Five grams fat. And 25 grams of carbs. So There's a little bit of carbs in here. and Dietary fiber of those carbs, 18 grams, 4 grams sugar. So it's a pretty good one. And most importantly, 30 grams of protein. If you're going to try a protein bar, try Quest. The uh, apple pie flavor is my favorite. I usually have one of those every day. I stock my bag up with it, um, and I actually even bought a, a gun case now as well to put my beleaguered uh, jacket in. It's it's just dying. It's dying, and I'm holding on as long as I can, waiting for my guys in California to not just repair one jacket, but two. I have two jackets in the shop right now, and my last one it's dying a death. You know, it needs a, a good week of repairs. And I only, of course, only have two or three days. So I figured rather than folding it and unfolding it constantly, which snaps the wires because uh, they're so fragile, I just bought a gun case and I put my jacket in that gun case and then uh, just carry it around in that. So you should see me checking that in at the airport. What's, it, what's in that case, sir? A jacket. A jacket? Yes, A jacket what kind of a jacket goes in a gun case? And then I guess, well, it's a show business jacket and it's got lights in it, it's got wires. And uh, I'm sure that that thing is getting checked out every single day. Um, but I, I got to do it, man. That's the thing. It, it's the it's the corner that I painted myself into. I came up with this cool revolutionary idea. But now it's become so much a part of my entrance. If I don't do it, it's like Kiss coming on stage without platform boots, you know, or, you know, it's, it's just I have to I have to have it. And the fact that it's dying is so frustrating because, you know, I want it to be at its tip top, but I just don't have the technology. (laughs) So I'm trying, guys. I know a lot of people like to send me tweets. Oh, your jacket didn't work tonight. I know. I know. Back off. Okay. I'm almost at the point where I'm going to go buy one of those replica jackets at the Halloween stores and wear one of those. And you'll probably never know the difference. Okay. Right. Uh, do you want to start a war debuting at number 54 on the Billboard charts so amazing lights go out still climbing the charts I think the last it was like number 34 what do you think uh, all the reviews have been amazing well there's still a couple stinky reviews but that's just life uh, people talking over and over again about SOS the cover of SOS I mean I think nine out of ten um, reviews that I get on the record mention SOS and people can't believe we did it and it, it really sounds cool I'm not going to pat ourselves on the back but I'm going to pat myself on the back so uh, let's check it out I mean, this is SOS by Abba from Fozzy from Do You Want to Start a War if you haven't heard it here's your chance if you have heard it crank it up here we go where are those happy days they seem so hard to find I tried to reach for you but you have closed your mind to our love I wish I understood it used to be so nice it used to be so good Rock at I am Jericho give me all your thoughts and what do you think of the last couple podcasts I think last week with Matthias Jobs was great Peter Robbins UFO hunter I love those type of shows I'm going to do more of them. Because I'm really interested in the supernatural, lake monsters, Bigfoot, UFO, ghosts, demons, antichrist, witches. So I'm going to get more into that. So stay tuned. Uh, Today, I'm going to get more uh, into the lives and careers of Cody and Dustin Rhodes, Stardust and Goldust, respectively. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, eh, amigas. See, already learning. Ha-ha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started.
1: Talk is Jericho.
0: right? backstage in Wildwood on the beach, Jersey Shore, with uh, Cody and Dustin Rhodes. The Rhodes boys are here, man. It's good to have you guys. It's great to be here. Together. Dustin, are you here? You're the legend. <laughs> so it's, it's, we, we drove here, all three of us, uh, not together, but last night in Madison Square Garden. How, uh, how cool is it just to work in Madison Square Garden, man? I mean, just being in there.
1: Cody, how many times have you? actually
0: been in the garden now uh twice with you and before that i think
2: only two other times three times with me three times with you yeah three to, we did the only two
1: other times so five times total five, five time
2: five, five time, time five yeah. time five time five time
1: yeah about 50,
0: probably times, probably right? And yeah right you probably vote the same right yeah. you know it's, it's it must be kind of neat for you guys though to be tag teaming in the garden, like it doesn't get any bigger than that. And as, as brothers to be in there together, was it kind of a a special moment for you?
2: I actually, uh, I was thinking about it last night. The time on the Christmas loop was where we did the moonsault off the cage. All right. Successful, the successful moonsault (laughs) off the cage, uh, with Cesaro and Jack Swagger. And for whatever reason, that one always sticks out as, I don't know. Impressive. Well, maybe the most, uh, most fun, or perhaps the most I've ever seen Dustin uh, give a shit about me, because <laughs> his eyes uh, after I landed told like the whole story. Like, are you, are you okay? Are you, is you it? Know, I've uh, never you know?
0: done that before. How crazy! Like to moonsault off the cage, but I, mean, I remember Angle did it a, a couple times. And then you kind of got this reputation over the last few months for doing these moonsaults off the top of the cage. I know you did it. Did you do it on TV once too? Uh, What's the deal? I don't know what What we call the one on TV. What happened? What's the deal, man? You just go up there and what's your mindset? It's pretty crazy. Um, As you know, because you are
2: Chris Jericho, who has rocked the garden on many occasions, um... It was the ricketiest cage we have, the live event style cage. Yeah, So yeah, there's yeah. no trust gimmick on the top, uh, and it's just the, like one of those
0: fence type fence cages, cage, right? Yeah. But
2: yeah. and I'm I don't date back as far as like the Snuka Morocco incident. I, I was not alive, but I know of it. And it seemed like one of those situations where it was just because I actually have a small fear of heights, just a small fear. Mm-hmm. I can't look down for real long, but it, it seemed like one of those situations that I didn't care as long as I got my neck over. Mm-hmm. That was the only concern, and everything else was like, uh, I even smiled for a brief moment up on top, and then just—it's just like a chance to perhaps live forever. So it was, well, you know, well, a lot of fun. Looking
1: up at it as I'd gotten knocked on my ass and laying in the corner, knowing that okay, Cody's climbing up now, he's fixing to do this moonsault. And I'm watching and I'm looking up and I'm like, oh my God. And the place just starts rising, man. Just that, the <laughs> noise, the crowd, it just starts lifting, lifting. He gets up there and he takes just a split second before he goes. And I'm just watching and I'm like, please don't break your neck. <laughs> please Lord, down. Come on, we're on a hell of a run. Let's don't mess this up. I didn't. I didn't really care about him. I just... For yourself. I Keep the run going. Run. It would mess up your run, yeah. <laughs> would mess up that run. And he landed so good, man. It was perfect. And it was just like, oh, God, thank God. And they just, they
0: popped. It was big. It, well, it so was So nice. it's literally death-defying to do something like that. And it's also something, too, that people you know, on the outside don't realize how important it is to have somebody who knows how to catch you on something like that. You know, And Cesaro caught you <laughs> in, the, in the garden, correct? Perfectly. The uh, garden the execution of the garden
2: moonsault but, was picture perfect. But the other one was not <laughs> picture uh, that perfect. it was picture perfect. And then there was actually one that no one seemed to care about or ever saw the following night in Hartford, Connecticut.
0: Was that also another live event? That
2: was off a of higher cage and like the social media buzz and everything that got generated from the garden the next night we did it thinking This is a moonsalt tour. It's just gonna be another <laughs> videos everywhere, it's
0: gonna go viral and no, uh, no one but that just goes to show what the garden, the garden. is, yep. you know? So, so let's talk about this. So, I mean, obviously, you guys both grew up as the son of Dusty Rhodes, but different generations, right? I mean, how much older are you, Dustin, than Cody is?
2: I, I don't know. How old are you, Cody? 15 years? 29, so I believe Dustin is 16 years
0: 16, old. So 16 years. So all the years that you were working, starting out working, and you were just a kid watching, mm-hmm. I mean, was it kind of destined? Did you always want to be in the business? Did oh. you always want to be a wrestler?
1: Yeah, I think.
0: And you too, Dustin?
1: Yeah. I did, yes.
0: From, from like the moment of being a little yeah. kid. I
1: mean, I had football scholarship offers and things like that, but my grades just weren't cutting it. And, you know, dad didn't want me to get into business. <laughs> you know the old story. And yeah. it's just, I kept pushing and pushing and finally just, you know, said, okay, you're going to. I picked him up from the airport in Dallas And it's about a 40 mile drive home. And he explained to me just about everything that I needed to know that I was going to drive to Amarillo, Texas, 350 miles from Dallas, referee my first, uh, match. And that's, that's how I was going to be, uh, Mm -hmm. broken into the business. Do that. Second match of that night, I'm, I'm refereeing. Tommy Young is on the front row and, uh, I'm refereing Midnight Express and Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> Everybody's watching. It's a curtain sellout. You know, I'm, I'm scared to death. I don't know really what I'm doing. I'm just going down counting, trying to stay out of the guy's ways. And my dad sent me to Champ Sporting Goods to buy some referee pants and a referee shirt. Well, was that in Dallas? That yeah, was in okay. Dallas. I, well, the show was in Amarillo. Yeah. But yeah. I bought some black cotton pants. So I, when I went down for the finish and the count, one, two, three, I get up and Tommy Young and everybody in the building is laughing and I'm like, oh shit, what did I do wrong? Oh my God, I did something. I'm lifting up Ricky and Robert's hands and Tommy points down to my crotch area <laughs> and I'm ripped all the way to the back belt loop and just everything was hanging out and I'm just like, oh God. So that's my break That was your first business. break into the business, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> was it hard to break in, though, being like the son? Because your, your dad was the booker at that point in time in, in NWA, WCW, yeah, yeah, correct? He,
1: it was. He sent me to Florida mm-hmm. uh, where, I, you know, I learned from uh, Mike Graham and Steve Kern. And for about two years, I made about $20 a night. So mm-hmm. he kind of... Sent me there to pay my dues, I guess, and, and learn the ropes and travel every day and just learn how to work. And what what about Skandar? When did you run into Skandar? Skandar, I, just, I trained in his gym in Dallas for about a month in an old boxing ring, no ropes, just mainly mat wrestling, <laughs> just kind of chain <laughs> wrestling around and things yeah. with Jackie Brown. I mean, not Jackie Brown, uh, Miss Jacqueline. Miss oh, really? Jackie? Whoa, oh. Broken at the same time.
0: Well, yeah, and, and you, you kind of laughed when he mentioned no ropes and all that stuff. But when I trained at, at the Hart Brothers camp, even though there was no Hart Brothers there in Calgary, we had to do like dry land training and you know stretching all that stuff for about two weeks before we were allowed inside the ring. Yeah, that's just how it was back then to kind of yeah. weed out the pretenders and see. Who really wanted to do this and who just wanted to get in the ring and run around and be a, a, you know, be a wrestler, right? Yeah. So that was kind of the way that things were done back in those times. But did you get um, people kind of looking down on you at first, Dustin, because you were the son of Dusty Rhodes? The, kind of a little bit of a, I don't know if it's bullying is the word, but kind of people giving you ribs or, or kind of treating you like crap because of that?
1: I got a lot of ribs in, in Florida, you know, but they were just fun ribs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people were talking and and things like that, I really didn't see. That. So it wasn't I was just over the top. A good time, yeah. You know, enjoying it. That was probably the best time I've had in the business. In Florida. Yeah, it was when I started. $20 what dollars a night? It was just fun, man. It was just uh, learning. Um you know, getting juice, yeah. just having the fun, man, just really... <laughs> getting all juice. <laughs> the, all the rizz ads. It was crazy, man. 19 years old, just Not right. care in the world. And, you know,
0: and even $20 a night times, you know, six, seven nights a week, that's 150 bucks a week. That's that's a lot of money when We're you're 19 years old.
1: too, and then once a month we'd go to the Bahamas, and that was a big trip for us, so...
0: Oh, wow. And who was on top in the territory at the time?
1: Uh...
0: Was that like a Bro? No, Brody would have been gone by I then. I
1: think uh, Al Perez. Oh, okay. Al Perez was, there, was the uh, Florida heavyweight champion. So Mark Starr was, was right there.
0: So you're dealing, about 86 or so. 88. 80, 88, okay, yeah. 88. Because so, I, I remember watching Saturday's main event uh, and in the big angles you were sitting in the front row. It Was that kind of like your big break in the big leagues? Because you came to the 90, W90, 90, right? Yeah. So that was any, before you went to WCW, whatever, you started WWE. That was the initial first kind of national exposure that you had, right? Because right. I remember that you sat in the front row, and this is like the son of Dusty Rhodes, and then you got beat up, and I think you got color.
1: That so was my first hard way.
0: Was what was, now, what was, way what was that dance? angle? Who was that with?
1: It was DiBiase and Virgil. Ah, okay. My dad was working uh, Macho Man, and they were. Doing their thing, and he, you know, 1000000 dollars man comes out and he tries to buy off everybody on the front
0: row and <laughs>
1: does, except me. I don't accept it. We get into a little altercation. They close on me over the rail. I'm trying to fight back, and then all of a sudden, he, the old wooden chairs, like in the old buildings, you know, the folding wooden chairs, went <laughs> yeah. with a straight shot instead of straight over and just caught me right in the top of the head. And I just went down. Dad crawled out of the ring, you know, the match was you? over. Oh, my boy. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what started that. It was, it was fun. He was hitting them with double axes on the back. <laughs> Everywhere. Just,
0: now, uh, you were nothing. were you even born at the time? 90, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how old were you then? Two, uh, three? No,
2: no, no. I was like, during that, five, six years old. So
0: were you watching this, knowing what's going on?
2: No, I think I was uh, without knowing it. I think I was sheltered mm-hmm. uh, from the situation going on. Plus, it was an awkward time when he went to WWE.
0: E, like when Dusty when went, we yeah, when
2: he went and did the polka dots and, uh, I mean, I, it seems very much like he was enjoying himself. And mm-hmm. obviously, you got to do something with Dustin. But at home, it was some. It seemed very just business. It was something that I think he was the polka dot era might have been something he did a little bit more for the money than any of the other times in the industry he had. I, I've but said that
1: was very kayfabe with, with us. That was yeah, kind of the old style, right? Yeah,
2: he didn't. He didn't Fair. tell me anything about anything wow.
0: until I was 15
2: years really?
1: old.
0: Really? Yes. And so that would have been probably 2000 or so? 2000, and At that point, you could go online and read that wrestling was a show business Basically,
2: thing. I learned it more outside a little bit of what was really happening mm-hmm. because it was almost counterproductive to not yeah, yeah, tell yeah, yeah. a 15-year-old what's <laughs> yeah. going on who's coming to the shows. And um, there's an example of, uh, you were probably there, when Ming Wood chair... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a live event, WCW live event. He just shatters it
1: mm-hmm. over Dream's mm-hmm. head.
2: He who's like held in the crucifix position mm-hmm. and he's bleeding all over the place. And, uh, it's just, yeah, traumatic Bad for news, me. Yeah. And, uh, I came backstage and I was, I was of the age, like I wasn't gonna, I obviously cannot win a fight with Ming at 14, 15 years <laughs> yeah. old, but he's still my dad. So yeah. it was like, well. Guns a-blazin', so I remember we went in his little dressing room, and he's sitting there, and he's bleeding still, and Ming walked in, and uh, I didn't know what to do, and I was moments away from, I don't know, punching him in the stomach, or, you know, just some move. Yeah. and then, like, uh, dad shook his hand, and then he, he didn't say a word, he just kind of nodded his head, shook his hand, and he left, and I asked, like, afterwards, like, what, and he said, well, out there is competitive, you know, competitive, back here... We have practicing. respect for each other. He's still... still yeah. No, he, to, there's never once been a conversation with him where he said... This is this, is this, and not this. Never had that
0: conversation. To this day. To this day. It's it's funny. It's almost like when you're a second or third generation wrestler, it's almost like the birds and the the bees talk. Like my parents never had the birds and the bees talk with me. I had to find out about it from my friends. It's almost the same, because I remember Brett told me that, you know, he used to get in fights at school about wrestling being real because Stu never filled him in, or Rocky got in a fight, or he would want to attack the guys that beat up his dad in the locker room in Hawaii. You just don't know for sure. Was it... Was there a moment like that for you, Dustin?
1: There was, and I and was probably, you were 15, you said? When the Ming thing? Yeah. Maybe 12, then. See, 12 for me, too, yeah. and it was uh, in Orlando, and Dad took me, you know, just from Tampa. He just loaded me up in the truck. He taught me how to throw beer bottles at, at Google. <laughs> Dick Murdoch classic. <laughs> and then he, uh, he was getting the crap beat out of him by the spoiler, Keith. And I was just like, I'm scared of the sport to this yeah. day still, kind of, you know, <laughs> just because... You wore a mask, right? Experience. Yeah, yeah, and just bloodied him up, and I'm sitting up by Gordon Soley, and he's walking back after the match, and I'm just looking at him, you know, and I start walking down the stairs, and he just puts his hand up, and he just winks at me, so I was like, okay, I guess I need to stay up here, but, you know, I was just, like, worried. Didn't say anything on the ride home. I didn't ask. It was just... He was very intimidating, so it's yeah. like to ask him a question like that, you, you're not sure if mm-hmm. he's going to snap at you or, or what. He doesn't mm-hmm. want the magic to end. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. That he loves it so
2: much, the the magic doesn't end. So to have the conversation, yeah, uh, he, he considers us his biggest fans. Sure. So it would be the, the magic when, doesn't end. I gotcha. Even, it ends. even
1: when Flair broke his leg, um, he, the cast. He, wore, he wore the full cast <laughs> yeah. even at home. Yeah. Really? The cast. You know, I, I was just in junior high then. Yeah, you know, And I was like, it's wearing a cast. His legs broke, you know. And I didn't see any slit down the cast that's that said that it was. That uh, he just he put take it on and off. off at nighttime. Yep. He wore it around the house with crutches, and I'm just like, okay.
0: How crazy is that you know, when you think about it? Right. I remember the. Yeah. How crazy is that?
1: real crazy. He kept the cast for a long time. He just had. I remember
2: seeing it in his closet and being like, <laughs> he has legs that are literally like this big. Yeah. Like his calves and stuff, but I remember it. Had, it was. All you had to do was just peel it open. Unbelievable, right? Yeah, you had it you on the standby.
0: Last week on Raw, something happened during the lockup, and I got a cut on my ear, and it was bleeding a lot. Like, no big deal. But they're there with the, with the alcohol pads, and are you okay? And do you need this? I'm like, are you kidding me? Wait for me. Like, like... We used to like you know cut our heads off with with everything and you know wear fake casts for six months for no reason. Just how the how the times have changed though. Do you think that I've told Dusty this before? Do you think that we talked about the polka dots earlier that that was a rib from Vince? It Was like some kind of a rib gimmick? I was. I I do. I I think you you think it is.
2: I do. I I don't. Why? I just think it was Vince. The charisma that Pop had and like the way he was as a performer in the N.W.A., Mm -hmm. I think it was just Vince's way of putting a picture on it. I I, I don't know if polka dots, I think that's just the first thing that came to mind. I really, I think Dad sometimes thinks everything's about him. Mm -hmm. He thinks this, he'll talk about stuff that happens with me sometimes that he thinks is about him. (laughs) And I don't think the world revolves so much around I ju- I
0: just always I don't, I don't think so. ha- had a fan. Maybe you agree with me on this, Dustin. That, that that you know, back in those days with WCW and WWE, there really was like this war. And yeah. we talk about it now, even like the Monday Night Wars. You know, dude, Monday Night Wars were real for your team, my team, everything. And I have a feeling that Vince was just kind of like, all right, he's the most charismatic guy in the business, is he? Okay, let's put him in polka dots and see how charismatic he is. Let's see him get over with polka dots. That's what I think. And what does he do? He goes and gets over with polka dots. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just seems something that Vince would, would, would kind of do, right?
2: I do think Sapphire was, Maybe it was, was, a, was, it was kind was of a rib. rib but let's add fuel to the fire, I think. Because <laughs> I think he told me originally it was supposed to be... Like a lady USA, like, a like a hot chick like, or something yeah, like a normal. Oh, I gotcha. Like a Miss America yeah. Yeah, type yeah, thing or something. Like, right. And it just doesn't fit. That no, no, it doesn't. Yeah. But that USA. Sapphire was the bomb.
0: <laughs> she got over to,
2: Yeah, right? She's
1: just a fan. They picked her out of the front row. Picked out the crowd.
0: Might as well. Right. Now, you know, we mentioned earlier about how you made your debut on, on, on raw or sorry, on Saturday night made event and you got color, but it didn't last very long. You guys were gone pretty quickly afterwards. Was that a dusty thing?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, Dad was wanting to go back to Florida or WCW. WCW
0: probably, right? Yeah.
1: And I wanted to go with him. Mm -hmm. So I just asked Vince the same night that he finished up, which was the Royal Rumble in Miami. And uh, I said, can I go? And the story dad tells, and Vince let me go, you know, with dad, but I, I leave, and Dad's still there, and Vince says, I just want you to know something. You can take him now, but when you're done with I I'm going to bring him back up here and make him a star. Really? Dad will tell that story. And I don't know, like, when that happened w- or, or what. The words know? he used exactly with
2: me is he said that he was told, go ahead and take him and get him over, and then I'm going to steal him back. Hmm. That was what he told me okay, he told me Something him. like that. Something yeah, like I, that. Just,
1: I went with
0: Dad. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty cool uh, statement, though, to have Vince oh, say yeah. that, you know, anytime. It's a win-win for you. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah right? exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you worked in WCW for a while, then there's, I mean, I, I even remember this because I grew up in Canada where there wasn't a lot of, of, of WCW, but there was the big blacktop brawl, I believe is what it was called, right? It was you, it was a King it, of the Road match. King of the road, road match. King of the Road. Was it the, no, the blacktop bully? With the blacktop and bully. And that was Barry Darcy. The driver had been paid off. So, what, what was... what, what <laughs> you, you might even remember the match better than he does, but what uh, was the match? You guys were Fighting in the back of a truck a flatbed truck
1: we were up in north georgia you know uncensored um we pulled up at some farmhouse they gave me the directions to go there and they built this cage around this 18 wheeler uh, tra- trailer bed and we're sitting on two buses trying to come up with what we're gonna do we got a helicopter in the field we got cars <laughs> trucks That's some <laughs> honky ass stuff right there. Bro. Now
0: this is not post production. Cody is doing this on his phone I, right now.
1: I love this song. A lot of people
0: like this.
2: This used song. to get a really good chick pop. The ladies love Dustin.
0: He's the son of a
2: what and the, a son. The son of a gun. Natural. Damien. Damien Sandow knows the whole song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the Dukes of Hazard theme song, like Apparently, a Waylon Jennings. Or uh, something.
2: PSA has had some hand. I'm in that sure he did. Song. Right.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so you pull up there, natural, dust roads.
1: <laughs> we're in somebody's field right now. And, and this is for real. It's just
0: shoot field. And this yes. is,
1: yeah, okay. There's a house with right, right beside it. And these people are just hanging out watching to see what's going on. We're in the bus talking about what we're going to do here, you know. And we finally come up with a plan. And we get on the, the uh, truck. We start driving down the road about 40 miles an hour, I guess, through these winding North Georgia mountain roads helicopters overhead and the object is to get to the front of the uh trailer and pull the bell which is hanging up you know and that's the winner of the match i don't know it's just <laughs> the king of the road match king of the road both i got mean juice both got fired for it and you know oh, so you, you weren't supposed to get juice this
0: was a it was a, it was it a was, big budget, budget right it though it was
1: okay because i i did call because at that point you know we were not allowed to get juice, you mm-hmm. know? so I called to make sure it was okay, and they said yes, it's okay. But we we got fired anyways. My gram it? Who did you call? Who Eric. was in charge? Oh, so Bischoff
0: Eric. was there, yes. right? And this was a big budget production. Yeah, I. Uh, they had a helicopter
2: shot. The majority of the thing was shot by the helicopter. Mm-hmm. It was a lot
1: longer than what you saw on the uh, yeah. The I was this was really good yeah. actually, but you know
2: and there was a whole story. The driver he Dustin's about to ring the bell, and the driver takes that wild turn, and he doesn't <laughs> ring the bell. The Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to, I I remember watching like who who paid him off uh, was it uh, Jimmy Golden? No Colonel Parker. Colonel Parker, right? <laughs> it, was, it was the wasn't it the Colonel? I don't know
0: any of that stuff. I feel like it was the Colonel who paid him off. That's why I love having Cody here. He knows everything, man. I know the colonel has apparently had a really big penis is what I heard about the colonel. Jeez. So that's one thing that I know. <laughs> that's about the only thing I yeah, know about the colonel. His name yeah. is the colonel. The but. colonel, that's right. So oh, how was it when when Bischoff first came into WCW? Was it a big change or I guess that was pre pre-NWO, right? Yeah. That's when the big change came. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Just he another guy good. though, basically. Yeah. I remember he made it
1: right when I went back. When you went firing me. Yeah. Oh, okay. He made it. He made it good. So why, why he was did all you good with me.
0: Why did you get fired, though?
1: We got fired for the juice. But, like,
0: but, political reasons? They're, I think. Open up some money, right?
1: Yeah, open up some money for some other guys coming in. Yeah.
0: What it was. <laughs> the I old had story. Nice
1: contracts. I, got, I don't know what Barry was making. And then, you know, Mike Graham, they let him go, too, because he was a part of it. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. But then you've never really been without a job. You go from WWE to WCW to WWE. That's You've made more returns than I have. Yeah. You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us, and less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I gotta deal with this fight, every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time, like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house now. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: Talk is Jericho.
0: I'm here with the Rhodes brothers, Gold Dust and Stardust, Dustin and Cody Rhodes. So let's talk about Goldust, one of the best characters in WWE history as far as I'm concerned. Uh one of the most successful creations from Vince McMahon. Uh, I would put it up there with Kane and Undertaker as far as longevity. Uh and a good idea. That a performer like you, you took it to the next level. But tell us, what did Vince say to you, Dustin, when uh, when he was going to put you in this? At the time, in the mid '90s, a very controversial character.
1: So I'm sitting at home without a job after you know being released by Eric. It's about eight months. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, and uh, all of a sudden the phone rings. It's Vince and Bruce Pritchard on the other line. Mm-hmm. And I get on there, and he says, "This is Vince McMahon. How are you doing, Dustin?" I said, "Great, great." You know, so we, we sit down talking. He said, "Are you sitting down?" I have this idea I want to run it by you. You know, and I said, "Yes, I'm sitting down." Well, we have this character, we call him Gold Dust, and uh, he's very androgynous. And he goes on to explain it. And right now, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what the hell androgynous means. You know, <laughs> I'm just agreeing with him. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> At that time, me and my father. Hadn't talked for like five years, so mm-hmm. we had we had a big falling. Did yeah, out. falling out, right? And uh, falling out. had just started, or maybe it just started, just started. A couple years into that, or just, something. Well, like that. just
2: started because your original gold See, dust. There, there's a the memory right there. Mm-hmm. There's the brain. See, top hat. Everything.
1: They aired at
2: the, my sister Kristen's house, and as a young age, I did not know what was going on. But him and Dad were both in the same house, didn't speak, and they oh. were all in one room watching.
0: This, the vignette, this,
2: this big moment for him, and we were kind of ex- excluded from. But I didn't know why. I didn't know how long this was going to last. Or gotcha.
1: What the situation? What was. the story was? He explains the character. I hang up the phone. I rush to the dictionary. I look up androgynous. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the word and I'm like, okay, okay. I, you know, I'm going to show him. And basically, I was talking. Uh, to dad right i'm gonna show him you know i that i can do something on my own without the name roads mm-hmm. behind it you know that i can get something over or do my damnedest trying and With, you know after so many meetings of going up to stanford and and finally nailing down the character as to what vince wanted went out some of the live events uh tried some stuff you know i'd never been a heel either so that was uh, mm-hmm. a learning experience and trying to learn this um this character was tough, and it took me a good six to eight months to actually decide mm-hmm. that I wanted to uh, take Salvio Vega's advice and go behind him and rub up and down his chest. didn't want to do any of the gay stuff, mm-hmm. you know, And uh, but it just wasn't working. So finally, I tried that, and I did that in the garden, I think it was. And the people, as soon as I rubbed up and down his chest, he turned around and bowed up at me, and I split out of the ring, and the people just went, oh, you son of a bitch, Mm -hmm. started calling me all kinds of names. I'm like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. All right, maybe just because Vince didn't ever say the word gay, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. androgynous, okay, this, this was pretty easy. Let me try something else. And I rolled back in and did something else, same reaction. I was like, oh, God, I got this. And from that point on, it was Then you like, exactly
0: who the character was. And
1: learning the heel stuff was was difficult for me, but finally did, and, you know...
0: I think, some- knowing how Vince is, I bet you that's one of the reasons why he put you in Goldust, so you wouldn't have to yeah. carry the weight of the Rhodes name. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done that to the point of giving guys different names. I mean, Curtis Axel. You know, he's not calling him anything to do with Henning. You know, maybe that's one yeah. of the reasons why I had Goldust. Gold when you first went for the designs of the costume,
1: was it what we saw or was there some different ideas there was for a it a whole bunch of ideas there was there was one of me dressed up like a pharaoh there mm-hmm. was there was some uh, one that's dressed up like a rock star it was some some weird stuff you mm-hmm. know? and then i guess we just came to an agreement on the first actual gold because the full which. paint and the and the wig i guess that's almost something you see he didn't really see. want the paint he wanted more of a, a makeup type deal you like, know with with heavy blush, kind of like Adrian Street. Know, oh, gotcha. Like that. I wanted to paint. I'd always been a fan of uh, painting the faces, you know? Mm-hmm. So we gave him some looks and, you know, after so many meetings up in Stanford, finally put it all on at the office, walk into his boardroom and everybody's sitting there, music, Jim Johnson, everybody. Wow. Was- and here i am and they're just like oh wow wow this this is awesome this is great so that was a That's look. good shit. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so you had to go into the boardroom and do yeah. the full ring entrance gong and yeah. the whole thing. Wow. See yeah cuz the character i mean i've seen you know like some gay pride parades or something like that. You see guys dressed up like that with the full paint and it's yeah. it's very like striking. You know, to see that you walking in there must have been been quite a, I think if a we presence.
1: If we do that stuff today, never, no, nobody cares anymore. Yeah, it's already accepted by most of society now. You
0: know? It's amazing how things are so much different in the mid '90s. Even Steve, with yeah. you know the finger and drinking beer and all that sort of stuff, was so like you know cutting edge. Yeah. yeah. You know and How was it for you at home? How old were you at this point in time? Okay. First time. Um, to see your brother come out? I don't out. remember how old I was. I remember I was in junior high. Okay, and, so you're uh, you're of
2: age yeah, to know I, what's up. I got into a fight because uh, as a kid, we talk about this in the locker room all the time because I was told to revise the story to where I look good by uh, <laughs> uh, Road Dog. He told me, hey, you should change the story up to where you won the fight. And now I tell the story where I say I won the fight, but that's not what happened. He... Uh, He uh, used a gay slur about Dustin and he yelled it at me from across the hall and I went guns a blazing full speed to just go and knock him out Mm -hmm. and he hit (laughs) me square in the head and I just fell over in front of everybody and then the bell rang and the hall cleared and (laughs) I had lost the one chance to defend the name of uh, Goldust uh, that I had. <laughs> Failed miserably. But I think... Uh,
1: we I remember were, you knocking him
2: out. Yeah. But that's I heard, I heard well, the years later, for years. I, years later, I went back, and uh, he was actually at a car wash washing my car, and we had a really nice conversation. <laughs> there you go. So I, I you felt... You tipped him an extra 20. I did. I did. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, but, but watching it, there's this misconception that, because him and dad weren't talking, thus... He wasn't talking to me or my mm-hmm. sister, so we had no communication. Um, and there's this misconception that we were disappointed, mm-hmm. or that dad was embarrassed mm-hmm. of what was going on. But if you know dad and you mm-hmm. know him, mm-hmm. it was the farthest thing from embarrassed. He uh, has an eye for the sizzle. He has an eye for what. Oh, this, this is, is so busy. This is working. Yes, and just because you know, remember, he hasn't told me. This isn't this, or he hasn't mm-hmm. smartened me up. So I'm under the impression villainizing and booing him and all that. I don't know about that. But he knew, Dusty knew, this is working. Mm-hmm. And I remember WrestleMania 12, which is my favorite pay-per-view I've ever seen in my was life. Was that
0: Goldust and Piper? Goldust,
2: Piper. Right. And uh, I was, Sean was my favorite, so Sean and Brett. Mm. And, uh, oh, that was the the 60-man. The Iron Man. And, uh, Sorry, uh Iron Man, yeah. I remember watching it. And um, I, I used to like, I don't know, I used to like play with my little like Hasbro wrestling ring kind of mm-hmm, in front of the mm-hmm. TV. But then I'd like as I got older, I kind of just was there and I was just <laughs> watching the TV. I always sat on the floor and Pop sat on the couch behind me. And I remember I didn't want to look at him while it was all going on. You know, Dustin's been stripped down. And he's in women's lingerie, plus size lingerie. And they've kind of reenacted the OJ chase. And, <laughs> it, and Classic, classic. And, you know, he's, he's grabbing the, you know, groin region of, uh, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm, to that. Mm-hmm. And I remember I kind of just peered back at him and he was smiling ear to ear and he probably was a little misty eyed over it, but I quickly mm-hmm. turned right back because he knew that was WrestleMania. Yeah. And he just that made was, himself a moment, you that know, that was
0: an attraction, you know, of that. I think besides the 60 minute Iron Man, that was probably the. Semi-main event as far as attraction goes. How, uh, how did that one come about? And working with Piper, too, who at that point in time still had a lot of – I mean, nothing against Roddy now, but 20 years ago he still had some fire, too. Yeah,
1: he did. Well, it was supposed to be Scott Hall. We had started oh, really? the, the whole angle with Scott Hall, but I guess he decided to – we were going to have a Miami Street fight via satellite from Miami.
0: Goldust versus Razor Ramon. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, for whatever reason, he left, so – we started the thing because we just had enough time to uh build up the story with with piper started doing the vignettes all that stuff and uh just after tv he said okay vince said okay you're flying with me to la tomorrow and this is two weeks before or three weeks before mania i'm like okay so Bruce, him myself and, and roddy get on the plane the next day after tv and we we go to la and We go eat, and uh, we're talking about it a little bit. We're going to have this back brawl. I had no idea what I was going to do, you know, or what what was going on. We get to the Universal Studios, and they have all this stuff set up. Brand-new white Bronco that Roddy got. And I got the crappy piece of garbage, gold spray-painted Cadillac. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked Vince, I said, okay, we're looking around at stuff to do, and basically I was not to get any offensive move in this whole thing except one and that was a low blow mm-hmm. basically and then get in the car and drive off i'm looking around i said vince can i just try out this car just to make sure it can screech around the corner you know when i see roddy you know rev up the engine all that stuff so i practiced that a couple times and like some stunt driver or something i was feeling pretty cool <laughs> so we get the uh the queue to go and i pull around the corner there's one of those big giant uh fire hoses and I'm revving it up, you know, I skid around, I stop, he starts squirting, he, t- he turns on the, uh, the, the water things and just blows the car like sh- crazy and then grabs a baseball bat. and mm-hmm. comes over, he told me he was going to, you know, bust out the windows and then we'd fight from there and this and that and then end up on the hood of the car and fall off and there's a little blow, I drive off. Mm-hmm. I drive off, he's supposed to move. So we're we're going at it. He busts the windshield, he busts the side of the window, glass is flying everywhere, man, and I just I crawl at the other side and he commences to whooping my ass hard. With the bat? No. Oh he just... hit me a couple times <laughs> with the bat. But just he tried to pull it, you know, but it was like there's a couple of slips in there. There's tables, big giant uh Garbage dumpsters, and mm-hmm. he's throwing me into all this stuff. And fi- you know, Vince did not want any juice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wanted to be hard weighed. I figure Roddy knows how to hard weigh somebody. <laughs> you know, since he's yeah. been in the business fifty years. Right. Hopefully, he can you know hard weigh me. So I talked to Roddy about that. I said, sure, no problem. So we end up the spot I wanted to do it was I'm laying on top of the of the uh, Cadillac, and he's mounted on top of me, and he's giving me a couple shots. I said, okay, come on, come on, hit me. He hits me so hard in the forehead. I mean, just square. Boom. And I was like, what the hell? That's not the spot. (laughs) And I'm like, come on, do it again. And the second time he did it, if you watch it back, he broke his hand. Oh. On the forehead, yeah. And I had a concussion pretty bad, and he had a broken hand. We both went to the hospital that night. But no color. No color. A little bit from (laughs) him hitting the the baseball bat and the glass and stuff like that. So – I roll off. My head's just killing me. And I'm like, no, bud. I'm like, "Mm, I'm so mad. And I give him the the low blow, and I jump in my car. And I'm supposed to hit and clip his Bronco on the way out. And then he jumps and dives out of the way. But as I'm revving up, I'm looking at Roddy standing there. So I go. I miss the Bronco because I'm just focused kind of on Roddy. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm waiting for Roddy to move. And and this is a one-take thing. Right. you 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 can't go... Did you film this the day this before, stuff,
0: earlier in the morning, or like three weeks before? Three weeks before three WrestleMania. Weeks. Wow, okay.
1: And I see Roddy, and I just I realize at the last second he's not going to jump out of the way. And I'm not going real fast, but fast enough that, you know, I don't want to kill the guy, but I can't stop unless I drive over him. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden his knees just hit the, the front of the cattle, I just boom! Oh landed up on top of the car, and I'm like Oh, and I'm looking at him. He's looking at me straight through the windshield. I'm just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He's dead. He's going to die. Oh, my God. And he's staring at me. I'm just like, get off the car so I can drive around the corner. We can cut this shot because he has to get in his Bronco yeah. and chase me. And that's where the OJ footage with not, not a lot of people realize that that's the true That was OJ actual footage. OJ footage. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Takes place. So he rolls off. And when he rolls off, I clip a bumper. I mean a, uh, uh, a dumpster mm-hmm. the dumpster is headed towards the president and CEO of Universal Studios is uh, uh, I think he had a, uh, a it was a nice car like a Mercedes or a Lamborghini was, or was, BMW or it was a, um, a Rolls Royce okay <laughs> it was a Rolls and it was going and he's got the handheld on his shoulder and he's running trying to hold the dumpster from hitting this guy's car and I see it in the in the rearview mirror, you know, I don't know where Roddy is. Finally, they cut. <laughs> they take us to the hospital and all that, and then, you know, the day of the show, uh, we're in the back of the parking lot in my piece of crap, gold Cadillac, and he's right beside me in his white Bronco. And, you know, match one takes place, then there's something, then match two, then there's something, and they, they start showing the, oh, they're on their way to the Anaheim, it looks like. You know, oh, okay, case, right. And they just show the white Bronco, you know, chase scene. So finally, it's our time, right? And we get the cue from Kasama. She was working the parking lot at that time. And I'm supposed to bust through the barricade. He's supposed to give me three seconds before he takes off, or five, or something like that. And go down the ramp and at the pond. Yep. And then, as I swing the door open, he's supposed to clip the door, mm-hmm. and I have to crawl out the other side. So I take off, and I, he didn't wait too long, you know. And it's like. <laughs> So I get down the ramp, and I look in the rear view mirror, and there he is. And I, I, I'm trying to be as fast as I can, slap it into a park and slam the door open. And when I did that, I pushed it so hard that it closed back. Uh-huh, right. And he clipped the door, and I was like, shit. So I, I rolled out the other side and ran into the arena, you know, and I had to make my makeup just like it was, which was really cool for me, you know. And and uh, the the blood spots from where yeah Roddy had you know it was really it was really new Some, from something that happened three weeks earlier and now yeah, it's the live stuck. finish right cool and I'm right at the at the tunnel and Marlena my ex-wife Terry she's there you know and she's like oh god and then you hear Roddy screaming and there's cameras everywhere and it's like I'm supposed to back up through the tunnel and boom I'm in the arena you know and it's just like and I guess they're showing it through through the crowd on the screens mm-hmm. and, and what and I back up through there, and they start booing. Then the bagpipe music hits, man, and it's just deafening. It was so cool, and I'm just backing up. No, 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 <laughs> and we go on, and we have our match. And the one thing that I wanted to do is that we were, you know, the, the rehearsal week when we are there for, mm-hmm. for Mania. We are talking about the stuff, and me and my wife had gone to uh, Frederick's at Hollywood. And I said, Terry, what do you think? You think Vince would uh, let me wear this underneath, you know, my, my gold dust suit? Just some lingerie, some black lingerie in the fat girl section. <laughs> so I bought it just before I asked him, you know, and uh, asked him. He was like, oh, damn, that's that's a good idea. Yes. <laughs> and the idea, you know, him to rip off my clothes and I'm in ladies lingerie. And that's really the match, you know, that yeah. was the end of the match. And it was it was that's the finish. Awesome. It was so much fun
0: let's yeah, like you said a classic uh, a classic moment that lives on to this day as, as being a WrestleMania moment now now you're watching this at home with your dad growing up we talked earlier about how when Dustin started there was a little bit of kind of a trial by uh, fire and paying sure. the dues how did you get in the business and did your dad always know you were going in or did you have to sit him down one day and say dad this is my time to go
2: very, very different uh, childhoods. <laughs> so as has been kind of well-documented as right. far as, like, when Dustin was a kid, dad was on the road seven days a week, except for mm-hmm. Christmas and the summer, and, like, it was just an absurd schedule he had, right, and right. Uh, they didn't they didn't get much interaction, whereas me and Pop, uh, had completely different. He was, like, my football coach. He Did you guys have the
0: same mom? No, we have okay, different, different moms. Okay, different moms, okay.
2: So, we, uh, so he know, was your football coach he was everything. Was, yeah. He came to every wrestling match. The he missed one. I mean, he was he was everything. And I think he uh, he really wanted to correct any mistakes mm-hmm. he might have made. And he was he's tops in my mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. But the same goes for he opened up a wrestling school uh, when I was fifteen. Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling it was one of the most fun times mm-hmm. ever. That
0: uh, had a good uh, reputation for being an independent company too.
2: He uh, it did, and we didn't know it. Yeah, You know, cause he's used to 14,000, he's 8,000, you know, he's used to that. Mm-hmm. So when we were getting 400 people on a Friday night in Carrollton, Georgia, twice a month for independence, that was That's really, good, yeah. really good. He didn't know it though. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just like Dustin, I was 15 years old and my initial moment was, I was going to be an official <laughs> and I thought I'd be like the cool official. I had like a black under armor, long sleeve under my stripes, uh, he did the same thing he did to dustin too less of a charge though when i drove to the building with my mom 15 cop pulled right behind me Carrollton, georgia villa rica at the vfw cop pulled right behind me uh hey uh, you know i need you to step out of the car my dad and all the boys are watching me through the, the oh, door yeah. and my mom who i don't think he really involved her in the bit and she's like yelling with this deep southern accent she has and uh Handcuffs me and uh, puts me in the back of the car and then never gives me why or what. Yeah. And I'm ta- like, I thought I had done something on the road. I just got a mm. drive learner's permit, that's why I'm driving my mom to begin with. And he drives one time around the building and then never even said a word. He got like the most like uh, like porky <laughs> like pig type. Like the cop was cool, but like yeah. he didn't really even know what he was doing. Boss hog. So he did the same thing to me that he did to Dustin, and uh, I was allowed to attend his uh, his wrestling school. I did it on the weekends and the weekdays uh, at the office he had, but I wasn't allowed to have a match. Mm -hmm. Um, But, man, every chance, I was doing everything I could possibly do uh, with different, you know, like Scotty Riggs Mm -hmm. and uh, just the different, various kind of a fallout from the power plant. Mm. A lot of gentlemen from that place, they showed up, Ray Lloyd, uh, filthy ray lloyd you know uh, burning love uh there was just some names uh, it was just so much fun because i was in high school so i'm doing this on the weekends and did you ever call dustin up to get any advice or were you guys talking at that point so dustin uh he showed back up in our family i was actually the first person other than him and dad who had uh you know barry mm-hmm, had them mm-hmm. reconcile but i was the first person of mom or teal uh my sister to see him he pulled up in. uh what was one of like four brand new trucks he would have over the series of the next three months. So it's kind of the rib he spends every dime he makes. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was, a, I was a pissed at him, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd never told him that, but, but I was only 15, 16. Mm-hmm. I don't know the full story. So I'm pissed at him that you've at missed Dustin, Yeah. That yeah. you've missed five years mm-hmm. here, but I don't, I don't know the full story. So right. I really can't be pissed at you. And uh, he took a really active interest in my amateur wrestling career. Which I wanted to be the one Rhodes that could actually amateur wrestle. Um that was like one of my big things. Because in the South, when you wrestle amateur wise and your dad is Dusty Rhodes, you'd you'd be blown away. These parents oh, think it's yeah. They think it's Starcade, and that their son just beat Dusty Rhodes, even though they just <laughs> beat a gangly teenager who doesn't have any technique and doesn't know you know. Yeah. So I I went Vision Quest on my amateur wrestling career. I was obsessed with it, obsessed. Mm -hmm. I thought Mm -hmm. I was going to keep going with it. And uh, Dustin took a really active interest in it. And we actually, a few times, uh, got to roll around, uh, you know, we did the same thing every time. He'd back me up in the corner and give me a arm drag, like all the way to the other side, which I've never seen once do <laughs> in the ring today. It's just like this really <laughs> violent arm drag to the other side of the ring. We got. Uh, I got the chance to referee uh, a match with him and Dad a few times. Mm-hmm. They did a. They made me. They gave me a little moment at a show we did at my high school, which mm-hmm. I was like a hero. Like it was like a guy shoved me, charged me and I gave him like an arm drag. Yeah. It was just yeah. absurd. But as far as, uh, dad's dad's weird. As far as dad didn't want Dustin to get into the industry, he'll tell you he didn't want me to get into the industry, mm-hmm. but he never told me what else to do. Mm-hmm. Never. Hey, explore this career option. explore that career option or you should do that. Never. And he brought me to every wrestling event that was in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, in that area, every one, so what the hell else? yeah Uh, you know like he's
0: kind of forcing you into that yeah like he
2: literally Doug Dillinger had I'd be there at the building I would say hi to Doug Dillinger Mm -hmm. he would go be his be boss dad and I would nothing Mm -hmm. the merch people knew I was so I'd go up to the merch stand I'd get a sting a latex paint thing so I'd get it uh, I'd go into the bathroom in the arena the same arena as we go to today I'd paper towel it all over my (sighs) face I wouldn't wait long enough and then I'd peel it off. So I had like a really bad sting paint on <laughs> yeah. almost every show. I was obsessed. Yeah. Like I was walking through the locker rooms and I had little interest in what was happening backstage. I wanted to watch the matches. The matches. You know, like.
0: Yeah. Now, how, how did you feel about that, Dustin, when you knew that he was going to get into the business? I don't remember.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where were you in Louis- when I went to Louisville? I was 19.
0: I mean, did you th- did you just think it was inevitable that your kid yeah, brother I, would I, get in the I, I didn't business? Think it was inevitable he
1: would be in the business. Yeah. I know he went to L.A. to try his chops at acting. Oh, that's
0: right. You studied acting too.
2: Yeah, and Dustin wrote in his book that I had no interest in wrestling and that I wanted to be an actor. And then like Wade Barrett came up <laughs> no, to me okay. like, "Oh, so you didn't care?" On yeah, it's a complete lie, of fabrication.
0: Get a little bit of a uh, sibling rivalry going I'm on here. Just, I'm really
2: I went to the acting school mm-hmm. because I thought I was not big enough to be in But you're a big guy. I just didn't think just, I was. Yeah. Dustin is like under, like, people don't even realize how big. How tall he tall is. Tall right. You're not as is. tall, but you got right. more
0: muscle. You got the muscle tone that Dustin doesn't have. Well, I didn't. None of this.
2: All these <laughs> all these Besides guys.
0: Besides that bicep, which is pretty awesome. All, all these guys I thought were considerably right.
2: bigger. And, and I just, that was, I thought, okay, I maybe I can't cut it in sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to be in entertainment mm-hmm. to some degree. And the whole time I was in LA, the whole time I'm just watching like Randy had just kind of come into the fray on WWE, and I'm thinking like, what am I doing? Yeah, like, this is, I'm wasting time. Like, mm-hmm. and it was nice to live in LA and Howard. Well, I don't think you were wasting. your time. No, apparently not. It was, it
0: was, it was, Especially was, now. Was, yeah. I mean, well Howard fine. The school, I was horrible. Howard Fine's a very reputable acting coach that one of the best in the business. He
2: just went to the Performance Center. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, he just uh, he, he just to took five guys and had a, a workshop yeah. at the Performance Center. But so.
0: see, I when I left the W in two thousand five, yeah. I went and studied acting for the same reason. When I came up with that character in two thousand seven, like the suit wearing heel, yep. that completely came from what I learned in acting. So there really is, and, and I don't. You've probably never taken acting lessons, but your character playing that role of Gold Dust both as the androgynous character and then the, the the comedy character that you did with Booker T was some of the best stuff. Yeah. That's p- playing a character because the real life Dustin is very laid back and how's it going, man? How you doing? But you get out there, put the paint on mm-hmm. and it's, you know, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Alice Cooper stuff. That's well,
2: that comes on. The real, life, the That's real right. life Dustin is not very laid back. He has the worst <laughs> case of travel anxiety ever
0: in, in any individual. <laughs> well, he was here today at the Three arena about, about earlier, I think probably well, about two.
1: Case of you've
2: anxiety. seen him, Chris. He's waiting by the door to board an hour before yeah. the flight. He's the first one on, like he's traveling. Worst document in case of it.
0: You got to get there, <laughs> you got to get there
1: and get, you know be the first one off. It's all right, it's just one of my little things.
0: But when you when you started here in the WWE, I mean, you, you had uh right off the bat, I think we were talking about Randy Orton with the legacy with you and Teddy mm-hmm. DiBiase and Randy. Um, you're, you're a lot like your brother in that you've always had a role here. There's been different versions of the role, but you've, you've been involved in something ever since you came through the door. And that's, that's a pretty good sign. It's a good way to, to be growing within the business. I mean, how did you feel like some of the things that you've done have paid off? Did you enjoy Legacy? Did you, did you enjoy some of those things that you've done?
2: Well, Legacy was, uh, man, like, say what you want about Randy and his being Randy. But mm-hmm. He was an excellent
0: I think Randy's top two in the business. I mean,
2: but as far as a leader is concerned, mm-hmm. he, he set me and Ted down in the arena. Really? He didn't, I mean, he, he wanted it to work for us financially. Mm-hmm. He wanted to work for us where we have the similar moments that he's felt. I mean, he, he was excellent mm-hmm. in that regards. And he wasn't, he, he really is, uh, I think a lot more of a sensitive person than people realize. He mm-hmm. really wanted that, uh, to work for us. Actually, uh, I I met you for the very first time in uh Japan. It was, oh, it was yeah. right before we went to Japan, but I was still tagging with uh Bob Holly. And That's we right. were in uh, Rapungi. <laughs> and uh, and I remember he um you said something that was r- really valuable because I, I was I think they debuted, I debuted too soon. I thought I was a little undersized, a little underwhelming. I didn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things like, well, he's, he's Dusty's kid. He should know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I'd never actually been, like I say to this day, I don't think I've ever really formally been trained as far as like the hammer hmm. locks and wrist locks. Above. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like I. Well, what did you learn in Louisville? Uh, <laughs> I, I loved Louisville, who but was Louis, the Louisville, there? uh, was that Danny Davis, Danny and Al, and I loved him and they sing Dustin's praises to mm-hmm. me all the time, but it was more of a, about the moments and the in-betweens mm-hmm. and less, you know, Robert Gibson was probably the most actual, Hey, here's how you do a, you know, inside cradle,
0: not the here. most technically adept performer, but, but yeah, yeah, he
2: was the one who, that's what he chose to teach <laughs> me. Um, so maybe that's why, but I remember you told me you were like, you know, um, you're going to learn some, some things in this situation. You're going to learn some things to do. You're probably going to learn some things not to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I just, I always was really fond of that, that meeting. Cause at I, the time I was pretty miserable. I remember that
0: you, me, and I, I took you and, uh, Brian, Kendrick, Brian Kendrick, Kendrick for, for, uh, Korean barbecue. Yeah. 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 To, take, take a couple of the young weird. guys out. Yeah. yeah. Got a weird mix that was.
2: That's probably the only time I've gone had Korean barbecue to this day. <laughs> that,
0: really was that was good. I forgot awesome. about that, man. So, yeah, so, so, so you came through with Legacy, and then um, the thing that sticks up for me was the mustache guy. I'm not sure why you had the mustache, but it was something that you definitely were able to work with and do very well with. Why did you have the mustache?
2: So, it was funny. Earlier, Dustin was saying that uh, he didn't want the run to end, so hopefully Cody's not hurt. Yeah. So, when I was tagging with uh, Damien, I felt like Damien was like, man. Hope Cody does get hurt i want you know, like, like, I want this run to I end. want this run to, you know we, we were uh we, we're very like we've known each other for a long time, but I don't think we were fond of the team scholars. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, road scholars and and i got scholars. i i took a backdrop and uh I just didn't that's right I didn't fully uh make it all the way over and i landed i very lucky i i dodged a bullet mm mm-hmm. uh, because I tore my trap I tore my delt I had a really bad concussion but no surgery
0: and it looked like you broke your neck Yeah, that was, that was real vicious looking
2: and uh, now I take uh, what I call the AWA backdrop nice, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah Yeah, no, so in the time gone I just was like yeah, I'm gonna do it, you know because nobody in my family I think because I have a little bit different uh, genetics. Mm-hmm. My mother is a part Cuban oh, Okay, so there's some elements. I, I look at dad and I look at Dustin and I'm like, I think I could grow this mustache <laughs> You know, I don't because Dad can't. To this day, he tries and he can't.
0: <laughs> Dustin used to have a sweet mustache, the Longo big uh, handlebar yeah, Fu
2: Manchu mustache. Yeah. So I grew the mustache, and um, long story short, I was like, I was coming back to take my uh, impact test to make sure that I'm cleared mm-hmm. from the concussion. So this is three weeks later, and I've kind of making rapid mm-hmm. feel really good. So I got the mustache the night before, and it's just like whiskers because it's like brown. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get some just for men. I'm going to darken it up. And uh, I'm going to put on my uh, my Miami suit, which is like this khaki suit. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like a you know, like a crime lord look. And I'm going right. to just go, because I'm not working tomorrow. No I'm going to go and see, see what happens. And I go, and the uh, first person I see is my boss, is Vince. And uh, he, he gets really close to my face, really close to my mm-hmm. face. And I'll never forget it. He goes... I can still tell it's you under there. Just this mustache. There's nothing to this, you know? And I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah you know, and he said, you know, I like it. So I was like, I didn't think of anything. I was just a conversation in passing, just complimented it. And then I realized, this is it now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a mustache. Yeah. And uh, I was, when we came back in Bridgeport and they started chanting Cody's mustache, I didn't. It's just something you, I never It's amazing
0: what people latch yeah. on to.
2: I never thought
0: Cody's mustache I just couldn't couldn't believe it.
2: And then like it was over. It was over. The man. only person who just hates that mustache to this day and if you bring it up to him he Arn. will Arn, Arn hated Arn it. said that I bought up all the mustache T-shirts and all the there was that a stupid mustache. Yeah, there was a Walmart exclusive figure. He said you have to buy all those up because I told him you know I made a little money off of you know. No, you <laughs> I mean, didn't. You <laughs> bought them all up yourself. And just uh, oh god. But, but <laughs> he hates it and, and he thinks it was a case where he said to me you don't don't have that mustache, uh-huh. and I went against him you yeah. know in that one and to this day he. Little you animosity, know, a little animosity over. It. That was one of the ones I went against
0: him on. But the, the the thing I always heard too, the rumors that you guys always wanted to have a match at WrestleMania because uh, was that was that true? Had you pitched that? Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah. is before you had ever worked together.
1: Well, there's one. This was uh, first year was I, I, I had been fired. I mm-hmm. guess again I at home. Yes, <laughs> and uh, I was just started stuff on Twitter to see if there's any. Interest, to it, yeah. you know? I was interested in it So let's see if we can get some interest Built up for a year, it didn't happen Second year, came back Having a pretty good run, injured my shoulder Had to get surgery Johnny said, why don't you uh, be a producer So I tried that for a year And during that year, in the meeting We brought it to Vince's attention Hey, Cody didn't have an opponent At that time for the IC title And they were trying to figure out Who to put in there mania Mm in miami and we brought it up uh for me to face him and he just basically shot it down absolutely not so you know i've asked him a couple times a few times and he said no each time but the last time that we actually talked about it he said not yet so hmm Maybe there's still some hope in there. You know, I would love to have a, the a golden, match with Cody.
2: Mm-hmm. The Golden Army would love. You know about the Golden Army? No. What's the Golden Army?
1: I think we could put on a good match. You know, it's probably not going to be a 30-minute match. The Golden <laughs> Army.
2: I'll tell you about the Golden Army. The Golden Army is, uh, during that run he had on Twitter, uh-huh. it's a group of people that, uh, I don't know how many is in numbers of this Golden Army. They use similar hashtags and stuff like that. But they love uh, gold Dust. But even now, even when we came back and won our jobs, but even, like, as yeah. having, like, embraced one another on television, uh, they, Cody Rhodes is enemy numero uno oh, okay. of the Golden Army. And this uh, <laughs> this about 350-plus pound girl, I'm not going to name her name, right. but um, came to a signing of mine with a... Uh, golden army t-shirt on mm-hmm. so i thought oh you know I'll, I'll make a little joke with her when she when she gets through she waited 45 minutes mm-hmm. um i'll make a little you know joke you know oh i know where you got that shirt yeah, something yeah. but there's real real like animosity that he's developed with these people this still oh. happens to this day and she comes up in line and i go oh, i know where you got that shirt and she just stared a hole right through me <laughs> stared a hole after waiting 45 minutes I said, would you want me to sign something for you She kept staring you must be a Goldust fan, huh? Kept staring at me. And then just, wa- like, waddled up next to me. Took a picture with Did me. you just, just
1: say waddle. I don't want to get too deep here. Took a picture, waddle? Took a picture next to me. <laughs>
2: and uh, I'm just standing there. And then she left without ever having said a word. And I don't know. I looked for it on Twitter. like, But, yeah, there's...
0: She probably took that and throwing darts at it, or shooting at it, or something, right? To this day, they (laughs) don't appreciate Cody. But then you mentioned you 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 wanted to have the WrestleMania match. But the second best thing is they put you guys together as a team when you guys won your jobs back and all that sort of thing. Suddenly, you guys go on this roll where it's like I even text you like, dude, you guys are having like the best match every night. I mean, that definitely must have reinvigorated. I don't know if it was your passion or whatever, but you were on fire, Dustin, as were you too, Cody. It's like every night was the, was was a great match. It just This is
1: probably the well. I said earlier, you know, the when I got in the business was the funnest time. This would have to be. I had you know, WrestleMania twelve was my number one, but mm-hmm. this run with Cody and us winning the tag team titles and all that stuff, and working the Shield every night, and just twenty five minute, thirty minute mm-hmm. matches, just tearing it up, having fun. Me being 45 years old and him being young and me going out there and, you know, proving to myself that I can still do it and be one of the best at it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, just took a new look, lost a lot of weight, got mm-hmm. in shape, and everybody noticed that. And I was like, I was feeling good. And I'm just glad I get to do it with my brother because this has been a real fun run. I, th-
2: mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of things that we don't talk about that often, but like for the first time, the three of us, uh, Pop got to be dad. Mm-hmm. He didn't get. He wasn't going to be in a match. He mm-hmm. wasn't going to fight the Shield. You know, he's got to be the patriarch, Anthony Hopkins in The Legends of the Fall. <laughs> he hates that. Parallel, but that's who he got to be. And uh, Dustin had uh, cleaned up. His entire life, mm-hmm. a, sober now for six years. You six years, like you yeah. know, amazing, yeah, in a very real way, not mm-hmm. in one of those ways that you hear, uh, like yeah. she in the business, where oh yeah, and then you see yes. something and you're like, no, that's not the case. He had committed to this new lifestyle, and it all like kind of just came together at the same time. And me with a huge chip on my shoulder, so badly wanting to break on through to the next level, and I, it literally couldn't have been better timing Mm because we didn't we didn't think we were going to tag together other
1: than that one night i thought they were just bringing me up to work with randy yeah i'm gonna
0: just as a one night thing yeah
1: and go back home and they you know i'm everybody's asking me so how long you back for i'm like just tonight just tonight i promise i'm going back home so
0: what happened you worked the match and then they call you after and offer you something more substantial yeah see because you know you're, you're, you're too damn good man that's the thing about this character and about yourself and plus being straight like you said, that, I think that was always maybe one of your cut-downs in, in the business. Yeah, yeah
1: it was. I you mean, know? to know that I can go out there and really have some fun now,
0: cool headed
1: yeah. is really cool. I can see like what to do and what to listen for and things like that. Even though it's winding down my career, it's, it's mm-hmm. awesome. So I'm just trying to make up for lost time.
0: And now with the, the dust and the gold dust alter ego, we've got Cody. Stardust is in the picture now. That must be kind of... How, how is that uh, being in this tag team situation now?
2: Well, I can neither confirm nor deny that I am Stardust. Heavy speculation is that I am Stardust. But the rumor is that Stardust, yeah. The rumor is that I am Stardust. Yeah. I can say that uh, the thing I'm most just baffled by with the Stardust and Goldust dynamic is that somehow Stardust is weirder in some strange way, are more bizarre Mm -hmm. than the bizarre one. And I think if we're talking about people's interest in watching a match between Goldust and Cody Rhodes, I think maybe the interest has shifted to watching a match between Goldust and perhaps Stardust. Mm -hmm. And that, I can say, is a match I would want to see.
0: Well, I mean, I agree with you. And and, and final question on that. I think I know what you're going to say, Dustin, but what's what's your favorite match that you've ever had? Give us one. I mean, we know we talked about the Piper one in detail, but is there is there? Shawn
1: Michaels, uh, me and Shawn Michaels in Detroit.
0: Yeah, it was a great match.
1: Undertaker. One of my favorite matches was with you on. That's right, man. That was a, I, I wish we would have been on Raw. Me
0: too. I forgot. You know, I was thinking about that. I think that could be the only time we've ever worked, too. That was a great match. If, if anybody ever changed.
1: and all that stuff with you and Christian. Yeah, and you and Booker. And
0: we had good chemistry there, too. Yeah.
1: I think, I think we really do have good chemistry. And then Randy. Yeah. Randy's uh, mm-hmm. I've always had a good match with him. It's
0: yeah, really he's amazing. like I said, he's one of the best.
1: And, you know, the uh, Battleground pay-per-view, which was mm-hmm. uh, our, we won our jobs back.
0: Was who, who was that match? It was with The Shield. Oh, Okay.
1: With dad ringside, that was very special. That was, That's that was cool.
0: cool. How about you, Cody? Favorite match? Yeah, that you've had.
1: Um, Rey
2: Mysterio at WrestleMania in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain people will choose to, everyone's got like their allies and their team, and mm-hmm. I see something in somebody, and uh, Rey Mysterio saw something in me, and uh, Great. He's, al- he's always number one. I'd, i'll fight any man who says a negative thing about <laughs> i'll have to join you on that. Mysterio. and we were i can say as much as we i love that match it's my favorite match i uh I, was, I thought we might talk about this but it was one of those situations where it happened after you guys
0: oh that's yeah yeah
2: i yeah. Uh, had wrestled so frequently we, we had like
0: about a three or four month program
2: man Talk about the bar
0: being set very
2: high. <laughs> pulling his mask off on a 619 and just, I mean, it was—it helped me to step my game up.
0: Yeah, and you guys took that into WrestleMania. That was a good feud, mm-hmm. too. Well, dudes, thank you so much, man. This has been great. Always a pleasure, and I'm uh, glad I got to do this with you guys. Thank, thank you. you too, thank Hell you. yeah. Thanks to Goldust and Stardust. The new Fozzy album is out. Do you want to start a war? Big thanks to all of you who checked it out. Big thanks to all of you who bought it. you got to come see us live next month when we hit the road with Theory of a Dead Man. But if you're sitting on the fence, you got to buy this record. Support your bands. Support the music that you love. Every record makes a difference. Trust me. Uh, a big thanks to you for buying the record. And a big thanks if you're doing your online shopping through my Amazon link. Okay, It totally helps out the show. Helps out Fozzy. Helps out me. And it's really easy to find. Just go to podcast dot com. Click on the keep our podcasts free banner at the top of the Page. Then click on Talk is Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links, Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, and everybody's going to Amazon! Amazon USA. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show. So we keep doing this for you for free for text. No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done, and you're helping me out in the process. And that's it. Another fun-filled edition of Talk is Jericho. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. We'll see you next Friday. I got special effects wizard pioneer, one of the greatest of all time. He created Jason Voorhees, man. Yeah, that's right. I got the godfather of gore, Tom Savini, coming up. It's going to be an amazing show. It's going to be a bloody, gory show. And it's all for you So we'll see you on Friday And a big yeah boy You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho Every Wednesday and Friday
1: At PodcastOne.com That's PodcastONE.com